We know now that in the early years of the 20th century, this world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man's. Men from Moto. Digital strategies with Travis Sowers and David Seville. Intellect, vast, cool, and unsympathetic. Broadcast to the world with the uncanny help of Mana Deprived and FaceToFaceGames.com. Greetings, people of Earth. We're the men from Moto, and you're listening to episode 101, Open the Gates. My name is David Spill, and I have Travis Sowers online with me again this week. How are you, sir? Fantastic, David. How are you? I'm great. Um, given that we didn't record on our normal date, we haven't really talked about the pre-release that I went to. Um, I like to open with these kind of things. Um, magic is fun. Magic's <laughs> a lot of fun. And uh, and, and I, I do miss playing Paper Magic as much as I used to. Um, I think it was pretty close to being sold out for Two at a Giant, um, which like magic is in a really good place there's a lot of new people there um people were talking about arena and trying to nab everybody's codes um (laughs) i i think the bridge between digital and paper magic um is is a lot easier to cross now uh so thank thanks be to arena and the developers there it was really cool to see people like sit down and go to a judge and say like so this is our first paper event what do we need to do? And the judge is like, I'm going to get you some sleeves. We're going to get you some dice. We're going to help you build your deck. And, uh, and it was a lot of fun to see these people kind of with the, like the wonder in their eyes of a new experience and how excited they were to open their rares. And it was, it was really cool to see. So, um, you know, only good things for magic going on. Yeah, absolutely. That's not, it's a great time to be a magic player. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, we've been drafting RNA, uh, Ravnica Allegiance, pretty much nonstop. I mean, you have, I mean, I've only done a, a handful because I, you know, I'm an adult and I can't play video games for a living, but, um, how, how has your early experience been with, uh, with RNA? So the first two days, uh, which were, I think Thursday and Friday of last week, I kind of hated it, uh, cause they just put up the traditional drafts and I had time to try a few and I kept losing and It was awful. I was like, okay, time for the weekend. And I came back to it Monday, kind of disappointed with like 2,000 gems left. And like, eh, fine, I guess we'll draft through these and I'll see what Constructed is up. I'll run out of gems soon and then I'll have to go play Constructed. I'm currently at 10,000 gems and can't seem to lose drafting the format. Like, just crushed it all week and kind of blew my own mind. Like, now I'm enjoying it and I think it's the best format ever. It's funny how that works when you're winning. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but it, it does feel like it's a little better balanced than the last one did, which is interesting. I still feel like like Ravnica sets aren't the best limited experience you can get because you are kind of constrained into drafting the guilds or drafting whatever gimmick decks are there, and you can't just you know pick two solid colors and go. So that aspect of it still doesn't blow my mind, but this one happens to have the guilds I really like in it, uh, being Azorius, Orzov, and Gruul. And Simic's been fun too, honestly. So, like, I, I've, I've really been enjoying the set over the last week. Ask me again next week, and my answer will probably depend on where my win rate is. Uh, but last week was good. I feel like the absence of the Boros deck means that the three color decks are like splashing is not nearly as punishing. Yeah. Um, so, so you're not. It doesn't feel like you're locked into guilds all the time. Like I've played Esper quite a bit, um, mm-hmm. and it. I mean, I'm splashing one of the colors, but like it, it genuinely feels like I can play like 
Orzov splashing a couple of pacifisms and like the the six mana three three bird or whatever and and be okay with that um, because I'm not really constraining my mana all that much. You know, I've got a lot of guild gates and things like that. So um, and 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 you compare that to the previous one, and it was like I really felt like it. Maybe this was incorrect. Like maybe this was why I wasn't I didn't enjoy the format as much. But like I felt like especially on arena, especially in best of one. The rack or the Boros boogeyman meant that I couldn't like I couldn't take a turn off. Yeah. Um and and playing a bunch of guild gates to make sure I could play my three or four card splash. I know when you're playing that many, you're not actually splashing, you're playing those you know, you're playing a wedge or a shard at that point. Um and I feel like I can do that here. So I'm I'm pretty happy with that. Um and uh the format's been good to me so far. You know, I've heard some people say that there's nothing as aggressive as Boros in this set. And I don't think they're quite recognizing what was happening with Boros. It, it's not that there's not aggressive decks. I've certainly seen aggressive Rakdos and Gruul decks. And even some... I, I had an aggressive Azorius deck. I think that there's not any snowball-y decks mm-hmm. like Boros. Whereas if they were actually able to go one, two-drop you know, with Mentor into three-drop with Mentor, you kind of couldn't recover. Whereas this one, even if the opponent, you know, there really aren't any good one drops to play. So starting on two and then going into a decent three, it's just not quite as snowball-y. Like, you can kind of wait for your first play on turn four. And as long as it's pretty good, you know, stabilize from there. So I, I think just giving you that maybe extra turn, turn and a half is enough to enable some more splashing. And, you know, whether it's the bots or not, it, it seems like you can get gates super late. So, like, I'm kind of incentivized to just go ahead and, you know, pick up the best card from the per- first two or three packs, get the gates on the wheel, and then play whatever I want. One other thing that I'm looking at early in the draft, um, and this is kind of like a like a no-dumb moment, but, like, you know, I'm, when I'm taking the best cards, I'm making sure that I'm picking the shards or the wedges or whatever that are that are viable because I know that I can splash them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Law Mage's Binding is a high pick for me. Savage Smash is a high pick for me. Um, you know, cards like that that are easy to splash for on one side or the other, I think are are, are huge. It's very important, um, and that's probably why I end up drafting like Esper a lot because of of Law Mage's Binding and Mortify and things like that that are just easy on the splash. You know, I got, uh, and I think this is worth pointing out, especially as we may have some newer people listening to this uh, as they're coming in and beginning to draft. Like they've heard draft one hundred one, they know they're supposed to take removal highly, and then they've also heard that they basically want to stay open in the beginning of the draft. And I had somebody ask me on stream the other day why I was taking a Law Mage's Binding over, um, uh, what's the six mana one? I can't even remember it. Consigned to the Pit. Consigned to the Pit. Mm -hmm. And they were like, isn't that more open? And I was like, well, while technically it is, like Law Mage's Binding is, is cheaper, efficient, the instant speed matters when there's so many haste creatures, and the fact that it's good enough that I'd splash for it means that, like, this is actually making me a little bit more open, I feel, because I I would splash this in Simic and I would splash this, you know, in, in my Orzhov deck. So it's going in, you know, two decks just like the other one is. Or I could just play Azorius. So it's almost like taking the Law Mage's Binding is more open, and it's certainly giving me a better card. Yeah, exactly. And you probably wouldn't splash a Consigned to the Pit unless it was, like, your only removal spell. So it's only going in Rakdos and Orzhov at that point. Yeah, and it it would kind of be a move of desperation at that point too. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you compare that to a card like, uh, um, you know, Skewer the Critics, for example. I guess you might mm-hmm. splash Skewer the Critics or like Scorchmark or something like that. Like a card you probably wouldn't splash. Yeah, and 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 I think that's a better comparison. Like I'm totally happy splashing Law Mage's Binding or Mortify. 
you know, Savage Smash because, you know, green doesn't necessarily get a bunch of top tier removal in this set. So um, I think it's really cool. And I think I'm basing my splash around a lot of removal um, because I think it's just, it's just powerful. Like the removal is not as plentiful, maybe not as powerful, but in context, I think it, it the removal is good if you can get it. Yeah, I'm with you. Scourge Mark is a much better example because that's a fine playable in red. It's nothing to write home about, but I would never splash for it. Whereas the Law Mage is binding, I would. So that's actually leaving me more open than if I took him on a red card. Exactly. So, yeah, and it's interesting. I think we talked about that in Guilds of Ravnica, too, about staying open by taking splashable cards. So, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, we're So we're going to do a draft along today. And then after the draft along, we're going to talk about some cards we were wrong about, maybe some cards we were right about, but just cards that um, ha- have shifted in our opinion now that we have a little bit of context. We know how fast the format is. We know what kind of pet decks there are out there. Um, and, and we have a, a few key cards on here that we want to talk about, but first the draft along, uh, I will tweet this out after on the, uh, men from moto Twitter account. You can follow us there at men from moto. I track this with MTG arena pro, uh, and it shows pick by pick. And then it doesn't really show the deck that was built at the end because it doesn't seem to track that quite nicely yet. Um, but it's interesting here. Um, I posted in discord, had some conversations about it. So, uh, we get to share it here for, for the world. So this was drafted on stream the other night on Thursday, since we didn't, uh, you weren't able to make the podcast. How was the, your wife's birthday, by the way? It was awesome. We went out to Bonefish, had dinner, had a bottle of wine. It was a, it was a good evening. Out outstanding. Um, so I had a little bit of a bonus stream. I got to draft this beauty of a deck. So I'm gonna not gonna spoil it, but I'm gonna say that the draft and and the stream were basically the exact same length. It took me three hours to play the deck. <laughs> a half hour to draft it, and then I called the stream because I was too tired to do anything more. So <laughs> it was a brain-burning, grindy play uh, playthrough of the deck, and, and I thought the draft was kind of interesting. And uh, we're going to go through. So pick by pick, um, at least picks one through eight, and then maybe we'll look at pack two, pack three here. So starting in pick one, uh, you want to start with the rare? We'll just do the interesting cards here. So we're going to start with the rare. The rare is... End Raise Forerunners. This is five green green for the uh, Crater Hoof Behemoth of the format. Vigilance, Trample, Haste, 7-7. Seven, seven. It enters the battlefield, gives a bunch of creatures, plus two, plus two, and Vigilance and Trample, um, and smashes your opponent for a bunch. We have, at the uncommon spot, we have Orzov Racketeers. This is four and a black for the 3-2. Uh, when it hits your opponent, that player dis- discards a card and has Afterlife 2. Uh, as an aside, I love Afterlife. Like, I think... It is like the one of the most balanced mechanics, um, especially in the context of this set, because there's a lot of flyers. I really like that mechanic. I like it too, and it doesn't feel super. It feels strong, but not super overpowered. Because, like you mentioned, it's balanced around there being other flyers and reach creatures in the format. Exactly. Um, Knight of the Last Breath, uh, five black white for a four four creature. Uh, pay three and sacrifice another non token creature. Create a one one black spirit token with afterlife three. I don't think I've cast this card yet. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, Zertog Goblin, red and a green for the 2-2 with Riot. Uh, I actually kind of like this guy quite a bit. Um, he's he's an interesting little 2-drop in, uh, in in Gruul. Now, the key un- key, key commons, I'm not going to talk about all of them because there's some obviously not first picks here. Law Mage's Binding, the arrest of the format. One white blue for flash enchant creature. Can't attack block and its activated abilities can't be activated. That third line of text... Uh, activated abilities can't be activated is surprisingly relevant. Yeah, there's a lot of activated abilities in this set. A lot of mana sinks. Yeah. 
Uh, Dead Rebels is our creature buyback. Three and a black for a sorcery with spectacle. One and a black. Return tar- two target creature cards from your graveyard to your hand. Really like that card too. Savage Smash is your gruel removal. One green red for uh, plus two, plus two and fight. Um, and then out of the other uncommons, we have Burning Tree Vandal, uh, which is two and a red for a two one with Riot. Whenever it attacks, you may rummage. So discard a card and draw a card. I and like then, that card a lot. I do I too. really like Burning Tree Vandal. What percentage of the time are you putting a plus one, plus one counter on it versus giving it haste? I'd say it's about half. Mm-hmm. Like in the early game, I tend to be putting a counter on it. In the late game, I tend to be swinging with it and some other stuff and making them like getting rid of a land I've been holding for it and then giving them the choice of, you know, make a trade and let me keep my loot or take an extra four damage and get rid of my loot and let me get one card deeper. Uh, so I'd, I've been really happy with this card. I'm obviously not in contention here, but I'm glad nope. that it came up because this is one that I like a lot. I agree. And I mean, there's some packs I would first pick it out of for sure, right? Yeah. Um, interesting. I had to make that exact decision on defense that you're talking about the other day. And it was a difficult one. I had to like, am I going to give them repeated card advantage, right? So it, it's mm-hmm. pretty interesting. And then Imperious Oligarch is uh, black and white for a 2-1 human cleric with Vigilance with Afterlife 1. I had four of these in my two at a giant pre-release and I'm like, these are going to be terrible in two at a giant. And then they were awesome. <laughs> yeah. This card's really strong. This card's the, really strong. I, I don't think I recognized initially what having vigilance on it means. It's like, you have to trade with it. Mm-hmm. You just have to, this basically says, you know, destroy target two drop, create a one, one flyer. Cause they're going to have to block it. It, it, I mean, obviously it becomes somewhat irrelevant the later the game goes, but then you can just gang up and block something and still get your flyer. So it, it's everything I want in a two drop. It's good on turn two and decent light. The best part about afterlife creatures for me is how unafraid I am to throw them in double blocks. And this is a perfect example of one of those. And it works so often that it's actually teaching you a good habit, which is it's okay to double block sometimes. Sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Guildgate here is the Orzov Guildgate, uh, which I'm probably not first picking out of this pack, although some people might take the gate first. Uh, what is your pick out of this pack? I have had the pleasure of being destroyed by Endray's Foe Runners, and I can tell you that is an exceptionally powerful magic card. Um, now... I have a, and people tease me a little bit about this on stream, I have a preference for drafting Azorius. Like, I love to get into blue-white if I can, because I, I found that to be a very strong color pair. I also like Orzov a lot. I'm not afraid to play Gruul and Simic. I haven't really put together a reasonable Rakdos deck yet. I'm not, and maybe we can talk about this a little later as we're getting into it. It feels like that deck's looking to be a bit of a aggro combo deck which just means it's not going to appeal to my play style and I'm never going to get the cards necessary for it. But it, at the end of the day, I think this really comes down to uh, Endray's Foe Runners versus Law Mage's Binding. Savage Smash would be in the conversation, except any Gruul deck would rather have the piggies. Um, and, and since I've seen it in action, and I don't think it's it's absurd to get to that much mana with some of the ramp that you have available in green, and we've got the the lockets floating around, which I think are a little more playable here, I think that's a pretty easy Endray's Foe Runners for me. That's fair. Um, I ended up taking the Law Mage's Binding, um, strictly because I thought, like, you know, yes, this is a powerful card. Um, how often am I going to get to 8 mana? And I think the more that I play this format, I think you're right. I think uh, getting to 8 mana is not nearly as hard as it seems uh, and how it was in the past, particularly Guilds of Ravnica. So um, I can see that. Uh, I did take the Law Mage's Binding because I do like the Esper colors quite a bit. Um, and this is just, like, top tier removal in those colors for sure. So it's, it's not mortified, but it's pretty close. I have already mass manipulated for three. 
That's pretty good. Yeah, I could have done it for four, uh, but they didn't have four things for me to take. <laughs> uh, so I, I, think I, I think it really depends, right? Like, like obviously, if you're up against the Nut Gruel deck, you're not going to get to that mana. Um, but then, you know, you can always just side it out, right? Best of threes we're playing right now, so. This deck actually could. Like, there, there is legitimate ramp available in green, and I do think that the Clue Stone variants are playable here. So, mm -hmm. I, I, like, I don't necessarily agree with that pick. I don't hate it. It's removal, but I, I think the Faux Runners is actually quite reasonable. That's fair. That is fair. Uh, all right, pick two. So, we're on different paths already, uh, but that's not a big deal. We can still talk about the picks. So, the mm -hmm. rare is missing from this pack. Uh, in the uncommon slot, we have Senate Guildmage. This is the Azorius Guildmage. Uh, white and a blue for a 2-2. Two -two. Uh, white and tap, you gain two life. Blue and tap, you, uh, you loot. So you draw a card and then discard a card. Uh, still number was, one. Yeah, we said this was the best Guildmage when we did the pod, the first podcast, and it is. My god, do I love this card. You it almost is. don't have to tell me the rest of the pack, because I'm taking it. Uh, but I'm, feel free I'm, if you need to. I'm gonna, because you took a green card to start. Um, the other interesting cards that are in this pack are not many. There's a Mammoth Spider, probably not second picking it, but it is a powerful card. This is four and a green for a three, five with reach. Uh, Blade Juggler, four and a black for the three, two is Spectacle, uh, two and a black. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, it deals one damage to you and draw a card. I really like this card, um, mm -hmm. but not taking it over a Guild Mage here. And then I think Rampaging Renhorn deserves a, a nod here at Common here as well. Uh, four and a green for a four, four with Riot. It's just a solid role player in your, in your Gruel deck. Um... And Frenzied Erinx, this is, a, I think, one of the cards that if you see it coming late, you should be in Gruul. Two green-red uh, for Riot, or a 3-3 three, three with Trample and Riot, and it has six mana. Uh, it gets plus three, plus zero until end of turn. Um, I think all of those are, are interesting, but only if the Senate Guild Mage is not there. Yeah, agree. There's another card in this pack that, like, while we're going through it, we may as well talk about. Uh, Shimmer of Possibility. It, mm -hmm. obviously not a pick here, but one in a blue, look at the top four cards of your library, put one into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Now, you obviously shouldn't take this early, and most decks shouldn't be playing it, but if you're building around something specific, like you're a, a blue-green ramp deck, which ironically is kind of what blue-green is doing in this format, and you're looking for something like your end-race foe runners or your mass manipulation or some big game-ending spell that you found, a card like this that's normally not playable... Because like if, if this is in your normal Azorius deck and you don't have a specific bomb, you're just you know going to go look for more flyers with it. It's not really doing anything for you. But if you're looking for something specific, that card can get bumped up in your order a little bit. Helps you hit your third land drop too sometimes, which is relevant in the format if you're playing Lockets, for example. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think I think we poo-pooed that card originally. I think it it is better, but in a context like very specific. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now, out of, out of this pack, again, there's, even having first picked a green card, I'm very willing to abandon the green if that's not going to be open. I'm also very willing to play Bant and or like whatever and splash for the Senate Guild Mage. Like, mm -hmm. I obviously can't splash the Faux Runners because it's triple green, but I could play Simic and splash this little dude, and it would absolutely be worth it. Because like, there, there's not a deck in the format that can do anything with like more than seven mana. So like eighth, ninth, tenth land, just being able to cash them in for something is huge. Uh, so yeah, this is a very easy guild mage for me. I concur. All right, next pack here. So we've got three uncommons. Uh, the rare is missing. So first up is the uh, the archway archway angel. Uh, five and a white for a three four flyer. When it enters the battlefield, you gain two life for each gate you control. 
Swirling Torrent, five and a blue for a sorcery. Choose one or both. Put target creature on top of its owner library. Return target creature to its owner's hand. I've yet to cast this. Have you? Yeah, it's good. Okay, that's what that's what I thought originally. Um, I just haven't ever seen it in action. So I, I poo pooed it a little bit in the beginning. Like six mana is a lot. Let's be mm-hmm. fair. But you're getting a lot of tempo for this. You're and you're you're even on cards. So like I will always play this in my blue decks. I may not always pick it over something else that could go in a blue deck. But if I happen to get one of these late, it just it just goes in. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. This just goes in. You know, tempo seems to be real in this format um, with the the three mana main phase bounce draw card. Yeah, but I can never get enough of those. I may not be picking them highly, but I usually end up with one of those in my deck. Uh, and like I had one deck that had one of them and one of these, and that still wasn't enough to just tempo somebody out. I, mm-hmm. I have had decks that had so much removal I could tempo people out. You mm-hmm. know, like go two into three and and then just kind of kill, 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 and then they're too far behind to catch up. Yeah, maybe it's not dedicated tempo, but there are certainly lines of play where your opponent is not winning and it's only turn four. Like they're just yeah. 0% to win the game because of adapt and bouncing an adapt creature or like bouncing their four drop and they didn't play a three drop, for example. Like you said, it's fine. To, to start on four sometimes in some games and, and sometimes it's not right. Yeah. Um, and cards, cards like swirling torment or torrent can help that. Um, but like bouncing adapt creatures that have already adapted or in the process of adapting is such a huge hit sometimes. For sure. Uh, in blue, in the comment slot, we have slime blind. So our slime slime bind the blue doom blade, uh, one in a blue for uh, flash aura with uh, enchant creature gets minus four minus zero. That is functionally the do- blue doom blade. It's it's what we get, right? Mm-hmm. Final payment, white and a black for an instant uh, as an additional cost to cast the spell. Pay five life, sacrifice a creature or enchantment, destroy target creature. True story about final payment at the pre-release. I sacrificed uh, audience, uh, no, captive audience to it. Because <laughs> your opponent gave you one and you're like, cool. cool. I'll, give this, I, I'll blow this up and I'll kill one of your dudes. Yeah, and then on stream... Uh, my opponent gave me a captive audience. This is not final payment. This is Mortify, but I have to go through it anyway. I was at three life, so I gained a life and then destroyed it with Mortify. The <laughs> so they, they functionally gave me one life. I lost that game anyway, but it was still fun. Yeah. Um, and the guild gate here is the Orzov guild gate. Yeah, and there's basically nothing else here. Um, I, I think given that I just took the Senate guild mage, I agree with your pick of the Archway Angel. Mm-hmm. Now, people talk about the gate deck, and I have not prioritized taking gates at all, and I still end up with six of them in every deck that I draft. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not taking them early. I'm wheeling them when I don't feel like I should be. And I, I kind of think this is one place where the bots are probably screwing up, and once they get some more data, maybe we won't see that. But I've gotten to the point where I don't pass Gateway Colossi, because, like, I'm going to have the gates to, to A, play them, and B, be able to get them back. And pairing them with the gateway sneak is just amazing. Because, like, it means when you draw a gate, you're getting your Colossus back. Uh, so I, I think I'm down with the Archway Angel here. It's fine without any gates, but even two of them, and all of a sudden it's a reasonable card. So I think I'd take that and then maybe hope to wield the Slime Bind if we're going to go into Azorius. Yeah, that, that was my thinking here, too, is that I already have a bunch of Azorius cards at this point, two Azorius cards at this point. I will play this with, like, two gates. I'll play it with, like, eight gates. Like, it, it's it's good. And I think... The and this is this is I mean I don't want to spoil it. I think because all the gate payoffs are at common or at uncommon, 
like if you want to be in that or if, if you're looking for signals that that is open um you will probably know right away and you need to be taking the cards highly because there's a chance that you won't see any right mm-hmm. so so you know and then and then falling backwards into like a like a double arcway angel um you know azorius deck is totally fine but if you're thinking that this card will wheel and you're like, I'll see if I get a, a Gatebreaker Ram in the next couple of picks, or I'll see if I'll get a Gates Ablaze in the next couple of picks, I don't think you can do that. I think if if you if you want to try it, I think you gotta take them when they come and then just see what happens. Yeah, if if there was any like if this wasn't here, I think I'd be taking the swirling torrin out of the pack and setting up for Simic. And mm-hmm. if there was even a reasonable green card here, I think I'd try to take it so I could play that that in runners. But that this is I think just the best card in the pack. Yeah, no green here is interesting. I mean, it's a it's a plummet um, variant here. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. So, I don't know. There's a gruel card, but not not interesting here. So we'll go to the next pack. Okay. Okay. So pack four at the uncommon spot we have Bulrak Clan Crusher. Um, I, fun fact about this card: I gave it Death Touch. <laughs> oh, you you dirty rat! We were playing two at a giant, and we were trying to run the Death Touch Dagger Caster combo. Because mm. the dagger caster is good, and I I wanted to see if it worked, but didn't because I didn't. We didn't ever draw the combo, but she had this, and uh, and she got to plunk like our opponents like five five or something like that, and it felt real good. Um. Anyway, uh, four four tap remove a plus one plus one counter from a creature you control. It deals two damage to any target. That guy's so, pretty good. It's pretty good, and it's probably a sign that Gruel might be open here. Yeah. Um. No other uncommons here in the common spot, though. We have. Uh, summary judgment, which is one in a white for an instant, deals three damage to target tap creature. Sorcery speed, you can cast it uh, during your main phase, sorry, and it deals five damage to that creature instead. Uh, there's a mammoth spider in green. We've talked about that already. Um, there's also a that's about it. Arrestor zeal if you want a white combat trick, but I don't think we're taking it over summary judgment. And there's really not much else in this pack. There is the Rakdos common Rakdos roustabout, which is one black red for a three two when it becomes blocks it deals one damage to the player or planeswalker that is attacking however i don't think that that is a very important rakdos card so i don't think that's a sign here at all yeah and there's another gravel hide goblin which is technically a gruel card i don't know man i'm looking at this and i'm like i can take the summary judgment and kind of get married to azorius or i can hedge my bets and take this clan crusher and leave myself open to gruel and it, it's a really tough decision um i can see on this that you took the summary judgment and i don't hate that but we've gone on slightly different paths here, and I really do like that clan crusher. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I would agonize over this pick. I agree. Summary judgment has been really good, though. Oh, for sure. It it has been like there's stuff that it can't kill, and there's times where you want, like I've tried using it in combat before and gotten blown out by a combat trick. That I mean, that's always going to happen on spells like this, but like. There's times where it doesn't do what you want. And the Bullrite Clan Crusher, like, I, I have resolved this on a board where I had two creatures with plus one, plus one counters. It's a board stall and my opponent's at four. Like, what what you gonna do? You gonna mm-hmm. kill this or you dead? Right? And, like, if they could kill something, it, I won that game. Uh, so maybe I'm a little tied to this. I'm taking the Clan Crusher. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna skirt both of these guilds and figure out which was open. Yeah. Because I have the Law Mages binding, I think it's an easy summary judgment. I am now, like, Azorius in my first four picks, and I'm pretty happy about it, I think. But I think okay. it's close, right? Like, Yeah, I think so, too. 
Like I would, I don't fault anybody for taking a crusher here, even if they want it over the summary judgment because they think this is a sign. Um, but I think like summary judgment has been really good for me. So it's been pretty good for me. Pretty good for me. I, like I'm going to play it if I'm white, but I'm not white because I got one. Yeah. I mean, it's not like consigned to the pit or something like that. Like it's so cheap. It kills a bunch of things. It kills guild mages. Like there's just, there's yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. Of it's, it's a good card. It's a good card for sure. Yeah. Uh, Azoria's Guildgate was in this pack too, which not really interesting at this point. Uh, pack four was not nearly as exciting. Uh, one uncommon left. We have the cult guild mage. This is the Rakdos one. Uh, but I think that ship has sailed. Although it's interesting that we're seeing Rakdos cards here. It. I just, I just don't think Rakdos is the deck I want to be drafting most of the time. I don't necessarily think it is either, but I've set myself up for a Jun deck basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is black red for the, uh, four and a, uh, sorry, the guild mage, the two, two that, uh, has the three and a black target creature discards a card. And then the single red deals one damage to target opponent or planeswalker. Um, obviously not on this pith because like I'm, I've got four cards that aren't Rakdos colors, not even close. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Applied Biomancy is an interesting trick. Have you had experience with this? I have yet to play it, but it's green and the blue for the instant uh, choose one or both deal or plus one plus one till end of turn or bounce a creature. It's good. It's really good. It's win mm-hmm. a combat and bounce another attacker. Uh, I've bounced tokens with it. Uh, I've like when you're, you know, your opponent attacks you with two three threes. You have two three threes. You block them. They play a combat trick on one. You're like, well, I have some news. I get a two for one you here for your combat trick, and then I'm also just going to eat your other creature. Go. It's pretty good. It's just pretty for good. two mana? Yeah, the card's really good. Yeah. I, I've seen it played uh, even like a negate, bounce your own creature, and save it sometimes. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. Like, it's super flexible. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I definitely slept on this card originally. Um, I didn't think it was bad. I just didn't know if there was, like, h- how good it would be. Uh, in the common slot as well, we have white, or sorry, uh, two and a white for bring to trial. Exile target creature with power four or greater. I'm pretty close to main decking this card. I haven't, I've yet to resolve one. I, I feel like I sided in like eight out of ten times. It doesn't, like, who does it whiff on? It kind of whiffs a little bit on Rakdos, but not a whole lot of people are playing Rakdos. It's mm-hmm. really good against Gruul and Simic, to be fair, right? Like, really that's good what against you want Gruul and Simic. And, and it's not usually good against the Zorius. Yeah. Um, it, it can be good against um, Orzov at times, depending on what uh, what they're playing. But, like, maybe I'm just playing a lot of Gruul and Simic. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm, I'm not main decking it yet. I'm just close. I'm, yeah. I'm keeping stats on how many times I bring it in. I'm, I end up thinking that I'd want one in my sideboard, but getting to the end of the draft and usually not having one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in green colors, uh, for you, there's a Territorial Boar, which is a two-drop when a creature enters the battlefield with power four or greater under your control, it gets plus one, plus one and vigilance until end of turn. Uh, Sylvan brush strider is a three drop two and a green for a three, two when it enters the battlefield gain two life. There's a gruel locket here as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also an open the gates. Uh, Ooh. yep. Open the gates. So green. single green for a sorcery, search your library for a basic lander gate, put it in your hand. Yeah. Uh, I found that to be quite playable for me. I'm slamming the cult guild mage, uh, and I'm probably going jund like, I, I'm thinking we're going to go Gruul. We're going to splash black, probably for this guild mage. It shouldn't be that hard for me to pick up some guild gates. Uh, there's also, it, I mean, it's it's not a great card, but there's a Rafter Demon in this pack. So there's there's some things I could be looking for. There's a good bit of green here, and we've, we've already seen two of the Roustabouts, which, again, aren't wonderful cards, but are exceptionally playable. So I think mm-hmm. I'm probably going in Jun directions, and I'm, I'm back on that board train. 
That's fair. There's also a Gruel Gilgate here, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I don't think I'm splashing Cult Guild Mage. I, I am if I'm like you're not because you're play, you're drafting no, no. an Azorius deck right now. Just, just me in general. I don't think I'm splashing Cult Guild Mage. I think the threat of activation on the discard is worth it, uh, mm-hmm. and I think a little extra reach in your Gruel deck is nice. Like sure. a, a decent curve out. Like it's still also possible that I'm like you know, just getting into Rakdos with this pick. But I, I feel like because I have that and the Clan Crusher, like, I, I, I can do that. I felt really comfortable in this format, just taking the, like, people were kind of teasing me when they'd start, the, they'd come into the channel and they're kind of gently teasing me, like, oh, you're playing five-color nonsense because I've got stuff from all the different guilds and I'm only eight packs in. I'm like, no, we're going to figure out something we just haven't yet. Uh, and by the end of it, I'll end up throwing something together that's usually two colors with a splash, and it's it's awesome because I found out what's open. And like this looks like a signal to me that I should be getting into Ragdos, uh, or at least Jun things. I think it's neat because the monocolor cards are all pretty good in any guild that they fit into. Mm-hmm. You know, with with the exception of a couple of like off color activations. Um, th- there's not that many of those, obviously, but like I'll play Dead Rebels in any in Rakdos or Orzov, and mm-hmm. and I'd be happy with it, right? So it's like you can you can find those powerful gold cards and then just fill in with pretty much any commons from those two colors, and you'll probably be happy with it. Agree. Okay, I took Bring to Trial, um, because I, there's nothing in here that I'm interested in splashing, and um, like I said, it's I think it's a good sideboard card, um, and there's really no reason for me to go out of my like very good four picks at this point, like a cult guild mage plus all the Rakdos cards I'm, I'm going to get if I get them. Um, how does that compare to my four pretty good white cards that I'm happy with right now? Um, and the potential is splash for Orzhov cards. Cause we saw like a late final payment or not a late final payment, but like pack three or whatever final payment. So like maybe I can get some more Orzhov cards coming around here. I think if I'm in your seat drafting what you're doing, I would be taking the open the gates um, looking towards that gateway angel, or potentially there was an exposed to daylight here. I've been really happy having that out of the side. That's the mm-hmm. artifactor enchantment removal spell. That's fair. I, I thinking about the open the gates. I have no reason that I'm going to be green here, right? Like, there's no indication to me that there's a gate deck here yet. Um, yeah, but I, I think that's fair. Like, if you're thinking about it, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so pick six, and this is where um the the draft starts to take shape for me here. Spoiler alert. Uh, the uncommon is Gates Ablaze. Two and a red, it deals X damage to each creature where X is the number of gates you control. Oh yeah, I'm I'm oh, taking this too. You're taking this too because it fits into whatever you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. This is where I think the bots make a mistake. I think this card should be, like, it, it should be, it's first pickable. It's second pickable. I, I agree. I, I also think the tragedy is, again, every pack we've seen has had a guild gate in it. And I suspect every pack we see from here on out will have a guild gate in it. Because they uh-huh. just won't take them. Uh, so th- there's other cards in this pack, but none of them are near as powerful as this. Like, the closest contender is a Syndicate Messenger. Like, message received. Let's let's set those gates ablaze. Yeah, we're not even going to look at the rest of the pack here. It's This is the easiest slam for both of us here, gates ablaze. So mm-hmm. now, from my perspective, I have two Gate Matters cards. Mm-hmm. So my thinking is, I'm going to try to get into the gate deck. And I think so, that's fair. Now, and, and here's where I disagree a little bit. Um, and, and again, I think I've done probably four drafts a day for four days last week, five, six last week. So what's six times four? Enough. Enough. You, I, like, we're, uh, spoiler alert, we're getting to the next pack and Dave's going to take a gate. 
I think he's taking them too early because I, 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 I honestly think you can wheel gates. Like when you get to pick nine, there's usually a gate left in the deck. When you get to pick 10, there's usually a gate left in the pack. So I, I, I feel like you, like that's the real broken thing is the bots aren't taking the gate matters cards and they're also not taking the gates, which is what enables the deck is you can just pick up all the good stuff and then wheel the gates. So I had, I had heard a rumor that they had maybe fixed this. So I'm looking at the gates and I'm like, I'm going to snap the gates up. Uh, and then discovered that, yes, you are correct, that there's a lot of gates that come around late. So my thinking is, is I want to take gates earlier now uh, because, you know, you're looking at the stuff that that's coming late in the pack so that I don't have to take them later. Yeah. So that if there are powerful cards that I want to splash, I have all my colors already set up. Mm -hmm. um, and Gruel, Gruel Guildgate is a card that I want to prioritize. So we're going to, spoiler alert, we're going to go to the next pack here. There's a Gruel Guildgate. I took the Gruel Guildgate. Gruel Guildgate. Out of this pack, cards for me... Would have been Senate Griffin, uh, two Azorius Azorius for the 3-2 flyer. Uh, Scries 1 would enter the battlefield. Good card. I really like this card. I, I'm going to say a little bit better than a good card, especially for an early pick. Because you can play it in Azorius, you can play it in Orzov, and you can play it in Simic. And it's very good in all of them. I, I've been super happy with this card. And I think this card is better than the Senate Courier in this pack, which is 2 and a blue for the 1-4 flyer. And you can pay 2 mana, give it Vigilance. And there's a Mammoth Spider here as well. So I'm I, not interested in Mammoth Spider. You are. Yep. You're taking Mammoth Spider. Although I think you should consider taking the Gruel Guildgate, Guild but with your experience, if, if you say that they still come pretty late, um, I, I like I said, I did hear a rumor that maybe they had fixed that. Um, maybe that was bef uh, after I drafted. Um, or maybe it was ha coming up with the patch that happened the next day or whatever. Um, so for me, I'm looking at this and I'm like, Senate Griffin, Senate Courier, I mean, like, whatever. Um, Senate Griffin is great, but I want to make sure, I think Gruel Guildgate is the most important for me right now because A, I have a Gates of Blaze and B, I really want to be able to play a Gatebreaker Ram if I get one and C, if I can become base green and play open the gates, all three of those things are great for the gate deck. Yeah. And one thing to note, like, and I don't actually hate this pick from where Dave is. I just wouldn't take it where I am is mm -hmm. he can't like, he's basically playing an Azorius deck that's looking to splash a red card. And you, you can't do that with the gates. We don't have Is It Gates or Boros decks, gates. So, like, Jeskai isn't supported land-wise. So, like, once you decide I'm an Azorius gate deck, now all of a sudden you're basically not black, which is fine. But from my perspective, I'm looking at let's let's play a Jund gate deck, right? So I am very interested in the Gruel Guild gate, but I'm also, after taking that Gates Ablaze, pretty interested in grabbing this Mammoth Spider. Because I like if I have that in a hand, I can finagle a situation where this lives through it. Where maybe I have two Gates in play and we're doing X equals four. Because, like, again, my experience so far has been, and this will eventually change, formats evolve. But my experience so far has been that I'm going to end up with six Gates whether I want them or not. So I, I don't really have to go out of my way to play them. And the, the Gates Matters cards are, are just good enough with six Gates in your deck. They get better when you have eight, and I've done that before. But again, I wasn't really trying to get them. Exactly. Um, so we'll do pick eight here, and then I think we'll we'll round out the pack. Uh, we've diverged enough that I think we should probably look at it from just a single perspective if we want to look at, at early pack two and maybe pack three here as well. Sure. Um, the guild gate here is Simic Guildgate, um, which I think is very important for me as well, uh, mm -hmm. because if I want to play base green and still play Azorius cards, that is a very important one. So there's Sky Tether and White, uh, a single white for the enchant creature. It loses def or has Defender and loses flying. We call this um, Birds to Plowshares, and it's really oh, good. That is so Birds to Plowshares. That is so good. Who came up with that one? Me. 
Okay. Skitter Eel, um, three and a blue for a three, three with a two and a blue adapt two. Um, I kind of like this guy as a role player. He's pretty solid. I played against a Skitter Eel tribal deck uh, where literally all my opponent did was cast Skitter Eels and evolve them. And like I won, but it was actually terrifying. Just like five, 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 five. And after they played the fifth one, I'm like, they just took literally every Skitter Eel they saw and put it in this deck. And it was almost good enough to beat me. That's awesome. Uh, there's a Gruel card here. Here, Rubble Belt Runner, one green, red for three, three, can't be blocked by creature tokens. Yeah, that... That's what I'm taking, although I'm nodding at Sky Tether. Can we note for a minute that Sky Tether is actually really good? Yes, I, I think so. I think I think we talked about that in the in the uh, preview show where I thought it was going to be good because the colors you're playing it in are just going over the top the whole game. Yeah. Um, but it, I think it, I think it's overperformed um, compared to what I thought it would. Yeah. There's also a Rakdos Locket, which might be interesting for you. I, again, I think I can get that one later, and I, I think mm-hmm. I'm settling into, okay, I'm Gruul. Probably splashing some black, uh, and we'll we'll find the lands for that later. Uh, and I'm and I, taking the Simic Guildgate. Yeah, I, I, it's fine to skip through to the next one, but I do want to reference that in the, the packs that come by, there's two gates that you could pick up for your deck, mm-hmm. uh, which not, I believe you did. Yeah, I picked up an Orzhov Guildgate that wheeled. Um, pack 10 did not have an or- a Guildgate. Pack 11 did not have a Guildgate. Pack 12 did have an Azorius Guildgate. Uh, and then 13, 14, 15. So you're not getting them last pick, but you're certainly getting them late. And and uh, and now at this point, I think I have four guild gates that I'm interested in playing, um, which makes it easier for me to take cards, I think, in pack two, pack three. Yeah, but I, I, and it, it's interesting that they lined up this way because I said I end up with six whether I want them or not. If you're getting them pick nine and 12, that that's, and you know, there's three packs, I'm going to end up with six. I don't know what the correct number of gates to play in the gate deck is, but um, I, f- I feel like it might be more than six. Uh, yeah, it might be more than six if you can get them, for sure. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. it, I can tell you that it absolutely works with six. You don't yes. need more than six. But if you, like, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten is probably great, but six is plenty. Yeah, um... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know what the correct number is. I think if you're just playing a couple of Gates Matters cards, I think then six is fine. And I think if you have like five or six Gate Matters cards, you probably want closer to like most of your mana base being Guild Gates. Yeah, it's just it's some of them it doesn't like it, it matters, but it doesn't matter that much. Like the Gate Colossus, again, with two Gates in play, the card's great. You know, with the Gateway Sneak, just having three Gates in your deck is great because it functions without them then there's others that you really need to work for, like the goat. I feel like you need, like if you play that and you don't have at least a gate in play and another one in hand, you're kind of sad. Uh, but once I've got two down and I've got a 4-4 out of it, I'm pretty happy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's do a quick spin through pack two. Um, we open a Mythic, Prime Speaker Vanifar, two blue-green for a 2-4 uh, with the Birthing Pod activation on it. Tap, sack a creature, search your library for a creature card that is uh, convert a mana cost one more than the one you sacrifice and it goes onto the battlefield i don't know how easy this is to make work in limited but uh, I-, I looked right past it yeah i found it mostly to be a cute way to deal with law mages bindings uh and it's mostly a pillar field ox yep uh, which is fine it blocks a lot of stuff um so can we just look at the cards for me instead of having to go down the two paths here because i think we're so far apart Yes, although I'm taking the Rakdos Firewheeler. <laughs> there is a Rakdos Firewheeler, which is very good. That's Rakdos, uh, sorry, Black Black Red Red for a 4-3. Uh, 
and it deals two damage to a creature and plane or a cre- player, sorry, opponent and target creature or planeswalker, which is very good. Um, what else is here? Gruel Beastmaster. I think I, I kind of like this card. Yeah, it's good. Three and a green for a two-two with Riot, and when it attacks, uh, target creature control gets plus X plus zero, where X is Gruel Beastmaster's power. Um, and then the common spots, there's a Syndicate Messenger, three and a white for a 2-3 Flyer, Afterlife 1. Um, there's another Summary Judgment, there's a Slime Bind, and there's the Sarform Hybrid, which is one and green for a 2-2, with six mana, Adapt 4. This is my favorite card in the set. Yeah, he's got the Bigfoot pose, and I can't unsee it now. Yeah, that's all I can see in it too, but like... As a like we talked last week about mid range players and that I'm definitely a mid range player and seeing a two drop that's good on turn two and still relevant in the late game just has me super excited. Uh, this is the card that most often gets me into Simic or Gruel is getting one of these like fifth or sixth pick. I had a deck with five of them in it once and they were obnoxious because it like I was fine trading them off for my opponent's early drops and then when I played another one I could like you start to see the rope. And it's like, okay, they're aware that they're going to die to this card. We're just going to play a few more turns and then it's going to kill them. That's exactly what happened. Yep. Now, I took Slimebind out of this pack. And you should have taken the judgment. I should have taken the judgment. My reasoning was is that I thought maybe there was a chance to end up base green still. Mm. And that Slimebind would be easier to play in that deck because I would be Simic Colors to start. But looking at this, this is definitely a mistake that I made and I should have taken the summary judgment. Yeah, I think Judgment would have been better for you there. I agree. 100%. So, but we did take a slime bind, so it's fine. Uh, in the Guildgate in that pack was the Azorius Guildgate. So in the next pack, we have a Windstorm Drake. Four and a blue for a 3-3 three, three flyer with uh, other other creatures you control the flying get plus one, plus zero. This dude is awesome. I love this card. Yeah, I splash this in every Orzhov deck I play, and it is just stupid with the afterlife tokens. Killed people out of nowhere with it. There's a Trollbad Guardian, 4 and a green for a 5-5, five five, with uh, 2 and a green, Adapt 2, and all creatures you control with plus 1, plus 1 counter get Trample. This guy is a house. Agreed. Oh, God. I forgot it was, like, a 3 mana to adapt it. And, like, I'm looking at it on my opponent's side of the board. I'm like, okay, it's a 5-5, five five, but it's going to take him a while. You know, they can't adapt it this turn. No, they can adapt it this turn as well. Right it's now and like, kill you with it, yeah. It's just like an 8-8-7-7 eight, 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 seven, seven Trample, or an 8-mana-7-7 seven, <laughs> seven Trample. That card's quite something. Yeah. Orzhov Enforcer, one in a black for a 1-2 Death Touch, Afterlife 1. Sneaky, sneaky good card here. Yeah, this card is terrific. Uh, if, if you want to get in damage for Spectacle, they're not going to block it. Uh, and it's going to trade for something at some point. It's just a matter of when. Since Orzhov is very interested in flying, like this is a great thing to hold the ground. And since Rakdos is interested in getting in that point of damage for Spectacle, it's a great thing to attack with. Because uh, people mm. just don't want to block it. I agree. I never block that thing, and I probably should. Uh, Law Mage's Binding, hello, that's pretty good. Um, and then what else is in here? There's a Orzov Locket, but obviously not taking it. Another Blade Juggler, and a Grotesque Demise, two and a black for Exile Target Creature with power three or less. Um, I snap picked up the Law Mage's Binding, and I'm like, you know, I could have been green with the Trollbed Guardian, um, but I think Law Mage's Binding and being base Azorius, in case that de- gate deck doesn't come together, I still have... You know, if I don't play Gates of Blaze, I can still play the Angel and, you know, maybe pick up uh, Colossus or something like that and be pretty okay with it. Play Orzhov Colors. Yeah, I think for you, I'm interested in the Binding and the Drake. And it's really difficult to say which. Mm -hmm. I think where you are now, I like the Binding better. Mm -hmm. 
I'm I like think, that Drake is a house in Azorius decks. It is a house in Azorius decks, and I think if you don't end up with a Drake, you end up with Chillbringers, which, well, not as good. They're still pretty good. Like, oh it's, god, it's, they're amazing. They're adjacent to the Drake, oh, for right? sure. So, like, for sure, I, I, I can't get another Law Mage's Law Mage's Binding effect, but I can get another three three flyer for five that gets a couple of points of damage through. Yeah. So that, that that was my reasoning on this one, but I I really like that troll bed guardian, and you know that's really good in your deck. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, we would well, certainly be taking we would certainly be taking that here. You're splashing that here. Uh, the guardian. Um, no, I think for for my deck, we're still basically a gruel deck. Really, but you have the the Rakdos fireweaver and things like that. Like, I mean, it depends on how the last pack shook down. We didn't really go through it all in in detail. So, but yeah, you're you're your jund colors and maybe you don't play the uh the rakdos yeah i can let uh, him go if that doesn't work out and like i have played decks where i was functionally splashing that firewheeler off of uh six black sources in the deck and it was fine it was absolutely fine next pack in the uncommon spot we have sentinel's mark one and a white for the flash aura uh enchanted creature gets plus one plus two and has vigilance and if you cast it during your main phase that creature gets lifelink surprisingly good card yeah, I thought this was going to be okay. It's it's actually just good in an Azorius deck. Mm-hmm. I've I've played it in every single one that I've had. It's a lot of fun to slam it on your Gate Colossus and just gain nine life and still have it to block. Uh, I've used it as a combat trick. I've been blown out by people using it as a combat trick. It 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 slices and dices at Julianne's fries. Like it's the only real playable aura in the set. Uh, but it's it's actually quite good. So people are asking me why this over plus two plus two for one mana. And I think people are, are like people that are asking that question are sleeping on the fact that this is permanent, mm-hmm. and that the life swing can matter in some matchups. I have, I've main faced this, main faced this a few times and gained like three or four life, and have that be the difference in the game. And the creature then has vigilance, right? Like I had somebody play this on a they they managed to get a good trade when they played a fairy duelist, and then just having a two floor flyer in play. Like, that, that's putting a clock on you, and there's not a lot that can get through a 2-4 flyer, right? Like, they can't eat my guy, but they're blocking 3-3s. Three like, mm-hmm. it, they made a, a, a reasonable card out of a, a fairy duelist in this. And, like, I, I couldn't deal with it and eventually lost that game. Like, Sentinel's Mark's the real deal. Uh, also in the uncommon spot, we have Gatebreaker Ram. I would we're just both like taking to say, that. I, we're both taking that. I'd just like to say ding on that one. Sucks that there's an Imperious Oligarch here as well, because this is like the third one I've seen, and I don't get to take it here, but I'm pretty happy with the Gatebreaker Ram. Yep. Uh, there's also another Mammoth Spider here, which is worth it. Um, mm-hmm. There's Undercity's Embrace as an Edict, another Slime Bind, a Consign to the Pit. There's still some cards here, but I'm taking the Ram too. Agreed. All right, next pack. Uh, I'm going to start with the Guildgate. There's an Orzhov Guildgate. Uh, the Rare doesn't do anything... The uncommon Code of Constraint, instant for target creature gets minus four, minus zero until end of turn. Draw a card. If you cast it during your main phase, tap that creature and does not untap. Card's remarkably uh, flexible. Yeah, that, that's interesting. It's a either a combat trick or a, a tap down. I like that it draws a card, obviously. Yeah. Um, What else here? There's a Stony Strength, which you might play. I don't know. What do you think of Stony Strength? Let's talk about this one. A single grain for a combat trick, plus one, plus one counter uh, on target creature control. Untap that creature. It, it's good for a green mana. Like I, I've had people play it, and I feel like I can blow them out more than they can blow me out. And the reason why is because this card is encouraging you to use it as a defensive combat trick. 
mm-hmm. right? Like the dream is, you know, I have a three, four, I attack with it. You have a two, two, you swing back. Gotcha. The problem is you have all of your mana open when I cast this. And there's so many good ways to interact at instant speed in basically every color that it like, it doesn't do anything. For example, the green fight spell better than we thought. You can actually just kill a few things with it because the green and red creatures are actually huge. Uh, so are the blue ones. So I can instant speed fight your guy. If I'm playing black, I've got the Reaver Ambush variant. If I'm playing Azorius, I can just flash in the pacifism effect. Uh, if I'm playing red, I can just burn it. Like if it's small enough with my Scourge Mark. Like if I'm playing blue, I can bounce it. There's just so many ways to blow out defensive combat tricks. So the way you have to use it is actually not how you'd want to which is you need to attack in and get them to block and then blow them out, right? And that, that that just doesn't work that much because plus one, plus one doesn't win you every fight. So I've, I've actually found this to be not very good just because it's encouraging a play pattern that, that will lead to you getting two for one. Yeah, agreed. On um, 100%, like it's like, oh man, I want to untap with this thing and get my cre- opponent's creature. Just use it to get a like a, a one for one or use it to get a two for one on attacks instead. It's so much safer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in blue, there's Arrester's admonition i always I, can't, I have trouble with that word two and a blue for an instant return target creature to its owner's hand and if you main phase it you get to draw a card i really like this card i i do too it's good bounce i, I think for your deck i'd actually take the code of constraint and would argue that you you might have this underrated just a tad bit it it does a good bit of what arrester's admonition does um, because basically you're using admonition to kind of blow them out when they use a combat trick. Code of Constraint can do that too. They're both going to draw you cards. You're way more likely to feel comfortable casting Code of Constraint at instant speed because you don't lose your card, which is huge. And then it also has the flexibility of, you know, they've swung with everything but one blocker, so you can't kill them on the crackback. Well, I guess they both do that, but like you can do that. You can tap it down. It also can't attack you next turn. Like I think there's some flexibility there. So I like Code of Constraint for your deck, and there's a Rubble Belt Recluse for mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took Arresters, and the interesting thing is I never casted at instant speed. <laughs> yeah. In, 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 in this deck, I always sorcery speeded. Like and, always. It, 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 that's the thing about it is like you're not encouraged to hold it. Like mm-hmm. I've cast this on turn three in a lot of decks, just like, well, I don't have anything else to do. Fine. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's. I don't think bounce is as important here as it has been in the the sets we've played before because there's no mentor. There's nothing snowballing out. Uh, there's only one aura, and it's not that big a deal if it sticks. Like, it's plus two, plus one, plus two. So, like, mm-hmm. it, 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 you just don't need bounce as much as you did in the old sets. No. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's more of a tempo-y card than it is, um, like, a a trick or something like that. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I definitely sleep on code of constraint. I think, I think that is, uh, one of my cards I read need to reevaluate. All right. Pick five Guildgate is Orzov Guildgate. And then there is looking at things for us. There's an open the gates and there is no red. There's a debtor's transport in black five and a black for a five, three afterlife two. It's a twilight Panther in white. This is the uh, one, two death touch. If you pay black, a Civic Stalwart, three and a white for a three, three when it enters the battlefield. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one. There's an Orzov Locket and a Sentinel's Mark as well. Yeah, I I think I'd be taking the Open the Gates for my uh, Jun deck and probably the Sentinel's Mark for yours. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I could see Open the Gates for either one. Like, you've still got kind of this gate dream going on. I do. I mean, I've got three payoff cards, right? And I, yeah. I, at this point, I took Open the Gates and it's like... When I took it, I'm like, man, I'm not even close to being base green. Why am I taking open the gates? Um, 
Next pack is not very exciting. There's an Azorius Guildgate, a Vindictive Vampire, uh, three and a black for a two three. When it uh, another creature dies, uh, deals one damage to your opponent. Or each that opponent, guy's been pretty good. Life. It's pretty good, but it just doesn't go here. Yeah. Um, Dead Revels, Azorius Locket, Rubble Belt Recluse for you. That's the six five and a Viscopa Vampire and a Shimmer possibility. A Viscopa Vampire is a three one life link for three. It's probably Guildgate here for you and the Recluse for me. Do you like the Recluse? You like the Recluse, hey? Oh, yeah, the Recluse is great. Like, mm-hmm. people are saying they don't like cards that have to attack. And generally speaking, I don't either. Like, we often see this effect on a 2-mana two 2-2 two, or a 3-mana three 3-3. Three, three. This is a 5-mana 6-5. What the hell else are you going to do with it? Like, mm-hmm. Gruul is made for smashing. Like, this is one I don't mind attacking in because there's, there's very little in the format that eats it. My problem with those must-attack creatures is, like, later in the game, they can't do anything because a 3-mana three 3-3 three, three is just going to attack into their 3-4 and die. Uh, that's not happening with this creature, and it's also big enough that it can stabilize you the turn you play it if you're behind by just getting them to stop and then swing in. They're not taking the 6. They're, you know, they're going to trade off their best creature for it or, you know, even better, double block it. Uh, and there are reasonable combat tricks in red and green, uh, and, and this creature plays very nicely with both of them. It, it, it almost has menace if you're playing against the right deck, just because it's so big. Keyword big is important. And the six power is like, surprisingly relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the five toughness, don't sweat that five toughness either. Um, all right, next pack. Rakdos Guildgate is the Guildgate. Probably not the Guildgate for me. That's probably like the worst one for me. I'm grabbing it, snapping you're, it. You're grabbing it. Uh, there's a Wilderness Reclamation. Have you played this in Limited? This is three and a green for the enchantment, all your lands untap. I have not. I never will. Uh, and every time my opponent has played it, I have smashed their face in. Mm-hmm. There's um, th- there's a lot of good things to ramp to, but there's so many better ways to ramp than this. Like, again, the lockets do the same thing functionally as far as ramping you, and you can cash them in for cards later. This is like a bad locket. Like, I've had a lot of people tell me how great this card is, and I understand it gives you a lot of mana, but you're spending an entire card to get that extra mana. And yes, it's cute. You're supposed to use it with Evolve, but you can use the lockets with Evolve too. Like, I, I really think this is a Terabad card, and I want to, like, try to stop people from playing this because I think they're missing the, the cost of a card that goes with it. Let them play it and then and, beat them. And beat them, yeah. But I mean, that's what happens. But, like, our homeboys and homegirls listening to this podcast, I don't want them to get lost in the wilderness. Like, just leave this out. We, there's a there's a term from poker. It's called don't tap the glass. So when when a fish, uh, the the term for somebody that is terrible at poker and just giving their money away makes a mistake, you don't correct them and give them advice because they're giving you their money. And and we we used to say don't tap the glass. That's that's the ticket there. So I'm going to tell you right now, don't tap the glass. All right. Bring to trial. Um, to, we talked about this one. Uh, Growth spiral. Green and the blue for an instant. Draw a card. You may put a land from your hand onto the battlefield. I've yet to cast this, but I every time I see it cast, it seems good. Yeah, I, I gave Ethan some grief on our set review because he's, he was a little more into this than I was. Uh, and once I actually got a good Simic deck and played it, it, it was pretty decent in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the pleasure of attacking with a 4-4 Ram, and my opponent double-blocked it with a pair of 2-2s. And I cast Growth Spiral to put a gate into play. And I tell you what, that felt amazing. <laughs> that it's felt so amazing. But like, th- this is another way that you can ramp. Again, you have to have the lands in hand. And it, it it's awkward because it's often not the best thing to do on turn two. And it's often a pretty bad top deck. But like, I, I've not been uh, unhappy playing it. Agreed. 
And then in white, we have an impassioned orator, one in a white for a 2-2. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one life. There's also a Concordia Pegasus, which I also like. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I think that's a two-drop that I like more and probably would have been my pick here. Uh, see, so I took Growth Spiral, and this was a definite mistake because I'm not base green. Um, I really like the Orator, and I think the Pegasus is, is cool and all, but... Um, the Orator the, is my third favorite of the two drops, and I'll, I'll walk you through why. So my, my favorite one is the Concordia Pegasus. It's actually doing what the white decks want to do, which is giving you an early blocker to stop the aggression from some of the other decks and giving you a flyer. My second favorite one is the 3-1. So... Generally speaking, most two drops are only good on turn two and aren't doing something later. That's part of what makes the guild mages so exciting is that you can trade them off if you have to, but you really want to keep them around because they do something. Well, if the whole point of two drops is to basically trade with my opponent's two drops or combat tricks or whatever, why not have one that if I'm on the play and my opponent, you know, misses a two drop and a three drop is going to deal them six damage and the three one can do that. Whereas the orator will deal them four damage and gain me three life. Like, that's technically a little bit of a bigger life swing, but it doesn't close out the game fast enough. And again, mm-hmm. with Orzov looking to, to potentially drain you with thralls or peck you to death in the air, and then again, Azorius looking to peck you to death, I'd rather have the 3-1 than the 2-2 that gains me life. I, I also feel like they're all basically interchangeable. Like, sure. I need three 2-drops, and I don't care what they are. But if, if I got my pick, I'd want the Pegasus, then the 3-1, then the 2-2. I have the Pegasus last in that list. I just feel like there's so many like better flyers to take. Like you don't need a one three flyer, um, and the two two trades with a lot of stuff that's coming down on turn two or turn three, and just the same as the three one does. So I think it's like pick your poison on that one. But I don't, I don't really like the. I mean, it's fine. I don't like the one three flyer as much. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, but we're we're nitpicking here. Yeah, I think um, you should have taken one of the white two drops here. I agree. I agree one hundred percent. Because I don't, I'm not base green at this point. We're splashing green and splashing red splashing um yeah next pick there's an azurius Guildgate, an oligarch uh a bring to trial and a shimmer possibility not much else here there's a rally to battle uh which again this card is actually quite good in a deck with planes and i i think you should have taken it here i, I know there's some people that don't like it but uh, again uh, imagine a typical board state and i i just drop my hand on the table and you see rally to battle and i swing in Mm-hmm. I'm still going to get you with it. I don't think I had many creatures at this point, and I didn't think that I was going to get over 12 to 13 creatures at this point. I, I did not think that it was worth taking, specifically when there's an Azorius Guildgate here, which, like, casts everything of mine. Yeah, the, the Azorius Guildgate is also good for you. I still feel like you're going to get, like, a million Guildgates uh, as soon as we start to get to the wheel packs. But Rally to Battle, I'd play in a deck with 10 creatures. Like, it... It's it's yeah. obviously better the more creatures you have, but I, I really feel like since the option, like for them to play around it, they literally have to never attack or block again. And like, I understand you need to have some creatures for it to be good, but it's limited. Like what if that's that you were going to play creatures. So like, I, I'm actually a huge fan of rally to battle. And I think I would have taken it here. I would take it. I think if I was not looking to do shenanigans, yeah. Um, like if I was Orzov and I had all of these oligarchs, like this is like the fourth one. Of course I'm going to take rally to battle, <laughs> yeah. battle at that point. Right. Um, but again, I'm taking Azori's Guildgate because I think what I'm going to miss in Rally to Battle, I think the upside of being able to take powerful cards in the in the next pack early and not have to worry about my fixing, I think is probably where I'm at. And at this point, I don't know how many Guildgates I'm supposed to have. Yeah. So the, the answer is six to eight. 
Ah, I, is it? I yes. mean, it depends on how many payoffs I have, or is the answer more like 10? 10 if you're going for it, but like 6 to 8, you can play the payoffs and they're good. Mm-hmm. Um, and we wield summary judgment. Which is ridiculous. Um, A little bit. Yeah. It, yeah. Of, it's, of it's note... Ridiculous. There is basically nothing for my Rakdos slash Jun deck, which makes me sad. A little bit sad. Um, okay, super quick look at pack three. Um, I don't want to go into too much detail here. Um, Other than to say a, you did pick up three gates in the packs that we're not talking about. Oh, yeah, later in that pack, pack two, yeah. you're right. Uh, I did pick up Azorius, Azorius, Orzov. Yeah. Um, really looking for red guild gates. They didn't wheel. Or they weren't even in the packs to begin with. Um, so at this point, I'm kind of like, eh, this sucks. I wish I had red guild gates. Um, I pick up a Chillbringer over nothing. In Not the pack. much. Yeah, I'd be Not taking much. like a Ractos Locket for my deck. Gateway Sneak, pick two. Ding. That's so a pretty big four. deal. That's a pretty it's big pretty deal. deal. Uh, picked it up over the Basilica Bell Haunt because I, I'm not, I don't have enough black at this point. Uh, Senate Griffin was also in this pack. Uh, and there's a Gateway Plaza which I think is probably what I'm looking at in the, at this point. It's like, I really just need red and green. Yeah. Uh, picked up a third Law Mages Binding in pack three over nothing really exciting. Um, pick four, I picked up a fourth Law Mages Binding. Now I'm very glad that I had all those Azurius Guild Gates because now like I'm just playing everything in my deck and it's not a big deal. There's a Minister of Obligation, which I would have liked here as well. Um, and then pick five, I picked a junky catacomb crocodile, which looking back at it, I probably should have just taken a three drop in white. Yeah. The Hasta officer, I think is actually a reasonable three drop. It's not wonderful, but there's also just not wonderful three drops in this format. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, the, if they miss a two or if you have a two, it can do something <clears throat> and it still does something later in the game. Cause most of the white decks are going to have flyers. So it kind of forces in an extra point of damage and it may even give you an attack you didn't have before. Worst yep. case scenario, it can trade for their two or their three. So I, I, I think Hazda Officer deserves a shout out. I agree. I think my thinking on the Catacomb Crocodile, and it was definitely incorrect, is that um, I thought I was a little heavier black than I was going to be, uh, or than I ended up, I should say. And um, like the seven toughness blocks everything. And surprisingly, this, this creature was good mm-hmm. when I got to play it. And when I got to block with it, it was very good. Um, but I think the Hazda Officer would have been a better role player in this deck for sure. Um, I did pick up a Grill Guild Gate. I did pick up a Senate Griffin. And then I picked up a Dead Rebels. And, I, I, you know, there's a card in one of these packs that I actually wanted to talk about was Blood Mist Infiltrator. It doesn't really go in. I might have gone in the deck that I was drafting here, but that's a, a pipe dream from here. But I've been like, this is a three drop I'm actually excited to put in my deck. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the the three one when you sacrifice a creature or you win it attacks you sacrifice a creature if you choose and if you do it can't be blocked this turn yeah and it's two in a block for that effect so it's like basically the same as any other three drop as far as what it'll trade with but I, I found that on turn three it's fine you know you trade it with your opponent's three drop uh, but like turn seven or whatever like if, if they're under ten life this thing is actually terrifying for your opponent. Um, and I've had lines of play with this and the vampire in play where my opponents tapped out. Uh, they were at um, five. So I attacked with this, sacrificed something, pinged them for one, hit them for three, and then used a removal spell on my blood mist infiltrator and they were dead. It was <laughs> like, you know, good game. You were at five and I drew this card and now you can't win. Uh, so I, I feel like that amount of flexibility on a, a three drop is, is kind of a big deal for me. It's basically just giving your deck reach, which you, you shouldn't really have, but now you do. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, so looking back through this pack, I mean, we didn't go into a ton of detail. I probably should have picked up a couple of more two drops, um, and then, you know, picked up that three drop in white and played a base Azorius splashing green, splashing red, um, and been pretty happy with it. So I e- even gave, if you left out, cards. even if you left out a lot of the, the, the green and red stuff, I think you've got a pretty good Azorius deck here. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I, I really wanted to try it, and I think Gates of Blaze is that good, and I think Gatebreaker Ram is that good that I, I did go for it. And given that I have the Sneak and the the Angel, that I'm playing all of those Gates anyway, right? So I might as well do it. Yeah. Now, this is a very controlly deck that I ended up with. I have, like, seven removal spells, and I have, like, a couple of key cards that I'm looking to get to uh, to win the game, right? Gatebreaker Ram, Gates of Blaze, cards like that. Um, and it, it played out very much like that. So the Dead Rebels here that I picked up late. The only card I wanted to talk about that we didn't talk about during the draft that I ended up with pick 14 in pack one that ended up making the deck was Clear the Mind. You gotta and, explain this to me. Okay, so uh, Mr. Metronome uh, from Lords of Limited described it best on his Twitter where he said that if he drafts a deck that doesn't feel like it can win... He wants to clear the mind because he's playing, at that point, he's playing not to lose. And what clear the mind does is it does a couple of things. Obviously, it takes a long game. Um, it, it cycles, right? I mean, obviously, it's like three mana to like draw something. So if you have a bunch of mana in play, you're, you're just like opting. It's a really bad opt at that point. Um, but shuffling your deck back in and playing all of your like two or three powerful cards again, potentially, um, can swing the game. And numerous times with this card... now. I, it's your $20 bill in the parking lot. I agree. I had a lot of games that went long. And the power of shuffling a bunch of removal spells back in the deck, as well as like maybe my Gatebreaker Ram or maybe my Angel or something like that, or a 3-2 Flyer or something like that, just cards that, that I could draw that would be still relevant, was surprisingly frequent. I did that a lot. I want to say at least 25 to 30% of the games like clear the mind was relevant in that it was putting cards back in my deck that made the average card draw significantly better. You know, I would normally give you a lot of grief for that, but I can actually see it. I just, I want to caution people that this doesn't mean you should put clear the mind in all of your blue decks. Mm-hmm, there was actually a limited format. It was one of the core sets a long time ago where elixir of immortality was a deck it took a lot of divinations to pull that one off because it didn't replace itself. So th- this is kind of a way to shuffle your graveyard into your library at low cost because you recoup the card. You're just out the three mana. So mm-hmm. I, I can see if your deck is planning to go very long and like may need to recycle some of its resources. Like you trade off your Azorius Guild Mage early, well, you can shuffle it back in and get it later. I would just caution people that like you shouldn't be putting this in all of your blue decks. But I could see this deserving a spot. I'd probably be, re- be bringing it in from the sideboard if my slow deck is going up against another very slow deck. And that's prob- that might be a better spot for it. My take on it was is that I have like three powerful cards and then a bunch of removal, which is inherently powerful, right? Um, and I think if this, de- if this deck had a... a oh no, if I guess it had Gatebreaker Colossus, it just goes back on top, so I don't need to shuffle it back in. But the, any, the problem anyway. with, for me with it here is like you do have a bunch of removal, but four of them are enchantment based removals. They're not going to the graveyard, so you're not going to redraw so, those. 
they they occasionally do when you wipe the board with gates ablaze but like my my summary judgments would for sure right yeah um my my slime bind would for sure that i ended up playing and things like that right um you know or if somebody counters a, a law of mages binding or whatever for example so there i, I played it because i wanted to try it and it turned out to be surprising irrelevant like <laughs> again your 20 dollars scenario but the best play the best play that i did with it was um i was i was at four life and i was losing on board and i had like 10 mana and nine of them were gates and I shuffled back in, and I drew the angel off the top. It <laughs> gained, <laughs> <laughs> like, 18 life, and then stole that game. I think my opponent conceded the next turn uh, when I bounced my angel and then replayed it or something like that. Like, I was at, I was over 40 life at that point. It was it was stupid. Um, and then there was times when, you know, I shuffled my library back in, and I draw dead rebels off the top. And it's like, okay, great. I, I can't win this game. Yeah. But it was really good, and there was a game that went super long, and I played all of my removal spells twice, and I played my Angel twice, and my Gatebreaker Ram twice, and it was like, this is pretty cool. I, I dig this. Do not spend your $20 all in one place, my friend. Okay. Anyway, spoiler alert, the deck went 5-1. That's why we're talking about it today. Yeah. But it was really fun, and I don't think it was the optimal version, but I definitely see the power here. Um, and maybe 12 Gates was too many? I, no, I, I don't feel like 12 gates is too many. I, I do feel like currently there's an issue with the bots. Like, I yeah. don't think you should be able to get that deck every single time, but it's almost always open. And like I said, I've, I've been kind of ignoring taking gates recently and ending up with six, even if I'm just playing two colors. Like, I mm -hmm. still end up with, like, at least four on-color gates. Uh, exactly. So it, it doesn't feel like you have to prioritize them now. I'm hopeful that they change that so that this isn't just something you can consistently do because otherwise it, it, it becomes like a less interesting draft experience because it's like which of the gate payoffs am I going to open rather than which guild should I get into, what strategy should I take. Agreed. Very glad that obviously they're at Uncommon. So yeah. you're not going to see them every draft, but you're going to see one most drafts, if, especially if the bots are passing on like... Yeah, they really seem to be passing them, like, a little bit too often to me. Okay. Well, we went a little over time there, but I think it was super interesting to talk about, and we got to talk about a bunch of individual cards, so I'm pretty happy about that. Me too. All right. I look forward to drafting this with people where, I, you know, people can't force the gate deck every single time. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun too. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up there. Travis, thanks for hanging out with me on a Saturday to record this. Such is my love for you and our dear listeners uh, that I am very happy to be here. Well, and your wife more than me because you bailed on me on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> obviously way more important. All right. So uh, once again, thanks for listening. Where can they catch you next week streaming? Uh, Twitch.tv slash Simulin. I'm on Twitter under the same handle. It's S-E-M-U-L-I-N. And I'm at twitch.tv slash dcivillian. That's D-S-A-V-I-L-L-I-A-N. I feel like every time I release this or you put this out on the internet and I tweet about it, I get like one follower. So at some point I will have eight followers. That'll be awesome. It'll be a great day. But once again, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Adios.